0: Hi, welcome to Dad Pods, I'm Shane. And I'm Michael. And uh, this week we have a, a very, uh, a, always a special episode.
1: Every episode is special.
0: Every episode is special. When we bother to actually you know, take the time to do this, it's special. We don't bother to do any work for
1: it. No, never. Yeah. yeah.
0: Uh, uh, case in point, uh, I posted uh, one from last week, and by the time we post this, it'll be like a month ago yeah. now that you're listening to this, all five of you. Um, but I, I, and I did a, like a really funny little write up about the episode and it was actually posted to the wrong episode. So I had to then after, after like a week of it being live, I had to like go back and change it because you actually listened to the first, you know, couple of minutes of the episode and was like, this is the wrong year that we described in. Yeah.
1: The well, to, to show how little effort we put in, mm-hmm. I edited the future episode and put it into the past <laughs> instead of <going laughs> <to order it. laughs>
0: So yeah, so we're, we're, we're not good at this. No. Uh, I don't think we're bad at it. We're just not good at it.
1: No. And I don't um, think... Because I, k- I don't think we care enough to be bad. That is 100% true. Uh, mm-hmm. And we're having fun doing it, to be yes, perfectly honest. So that's mm-hmm. why we keep doing it.
0: Yep. So if you want to tell your friends about us and say, hey, these people are having fun talking about uh, 20-year-old comedy movies that no one ever watches anymore, hey you know, do it. If not, I don't care.
1: Yeah, it's it's fine. It's totally yeah. fine.
0: So so what are we talking about tonight, Michael?
1: Tonight we are talking about comedy movies from 1999.
0: Right. So there's, um before we sort of start, and we have about, you know, 15 of these to get to, so hopefully it won't take us an hour and a half to do it like it typically does. Um, there's a lot of movies that came out this year that are probably worth talking about, but they're probably just mentioning worth mentioning that, Hey, these were movies that came out and they're fairly well-known movies. They did well in the box office, but, uh, so, uh, Varsity Blues. Mm -hmm. I don't want your life. That was terrible. God damn. The best
1: best part of that movie
0: though. (laughs) Yeah. But that's the, that's the, well, it's also the only part of that movie. Sure. Uh, she's all that. I have, I have something to say about she's all that in context of some of the other movies. Um, Ed TV, which was basically a ripoff of the Truman show, Pushington, which is a boring comedy, which is hard Mm -hmm. to do really boring uh midsummer night's dream is shakespeare but it's not a very good version Uh, big daddy which is uh terrible
1: Mm, that Uh, is a terrible terrible let's i have to single that one out okay that's terrible that movie is so bad like i didn't
0: so anything with sandler i typically don't watch Mm -hmm. um so that's one that you shouldn't uh runaway bride we have another julia roberts movie in here that's better uh this one wasn't very good uh, Deuce Bigelow, Male Gigolo. I'm not going to say anything other than the, just the title of that movie. That's all you need to know about that movie. Yeah. It stars Rob Schneider. Okay. There's a time when Rob Schneider was a thing. And then Bowfinger was a movie that I wanted to like because it's got Eddie Murphy and Steve Martin. Yeah. But it's just not good.
1: So I'm a little more on the fence. I actually think it's good. It's definitely like more borderline, and you're going to like it because it has those people in it.
0: If you like Steve, I'm like, I I saw this movie like opening weekend in the theater. So that's mm. how much, because I'm a Steve Martin fan. I'll, right. I, back then I would have gone and
1: seen Steve Martin, you know, read your sure. telephone book. But this movie's not great. There's some funny lines. There's some funny bits. Eddie Murphy's doing a good job playing two roles as he often does. There's little bits about Laker girls and his uh, the, the things that he does as, as he's, Flip-flopping between the the nerdy character that's, you know, taking the identity of uh, this famous star like that. That's the whole premise. It's I agree. It's it's not it's not a classic, but it's it's memorable.
0: But I think for the most part, the the movies that we have in our list are better than Bowfinger. True.
1: And that's 100 percent true. Like it would never have made my top uh, three.
0: No, no, no. And it, it, it may not even make the top like eight of this, this year. This was a pretty strong year. This was also a year that like, because I mentioned, I already mentioned like 10 films that we went through that we're, we're, we're saying these aren't very good. We've got another 15 or so. That's a lot of movies, mm-hmm. comedy movies to come out in one year. This yeah. was a movie that, this was a year that was just totally, you know, they, they went for putting like two a month, which is pretty yeah. high for, for comedy movies to come out nowadays. No, that's um,
1: that's a really good point it's like we didn't we don't get this kind of volume now well we right. certainly don't get it well, now but we didn't get it we
0: do get it now but it, like half of them there'll be like three of them released on hulu and then one on netflix hmm. and one on quibble sure and then uh one on tortoise
1: yeah or, or whatever crackle
0: I, I i made up i made up one of those names but i'm not going to tell you which one it is sure
1: you, you could fool <laughs> me I, I have no idea um, so uh
0: as always our our uh our made up stuff as we go in order of release date uh, yep. within the year uh so we want to start you want to
1: start or you want me to start i'll start it okay it's a movie that i would seen uh it's called analyze this yes and in in a lot of circumstances this this would just be very noticeable it's uh robert de niro in a comedic role this is around the time when he starts doing it and i believe billy crystal plays the uh yes. the therapist right so it's it's almost like the movie version of The Sopranos, the, the premise of the gangster going, uh, getting into therapy. But this is done as pure comedy.
0: Sure. Yeah, and it's uh, what's interesting about it, so um, it's got very much the same sort of uh, plot as the early years of The Sopranos. Yes. So if the, the early years of The Sopranos, um, you know, uh, Tony Soprano is going to therapy because of all the things that he's done. He's got high anxiety, depression, whatever it is. Uh, And it's weird because, you know, he's a mob boss going to therapy. So, uh, but they played, I mean, obviously the Sopranos didn't play that for comedy. This movie does. Now, I think this movie technically came out before the Sopranos debuted. However... HBO like ordered the pilot of the Sopranos like two years before everybody knew that it was coming out. It was going to, it was going to have this big thing release behind it, behind it with HBO. Though HBO hadn't done a whole lot of television shows at that point. Uh, So we could say that this thing inspired Sopranos, but more likely this thing was probably just a ripoff of what they thought was coming and uh, did it for comedic purposes. I think this movie is funny. I think this is the last sort of real funny movie that, that Billy Crystal was in.
1: Hmm. Very possible I haven't thought about Billy Crystal in yeah. some time, sadly. Yeah,
0: it's like Billy Crystal for a long time was just doing Oscar shows and the occasional, like, you know, he sta- he started looking looking a little bit like a gremlin, so he couldn't really do the uh, romantic comedy kind of lead man anymore.
1: Yeah, is um, so. no, too bad. Very funny guy, mm-hmm. some classic movies.
0: So yeah, so um, next movie we got is 10 Things I Hate About You. Hmm. This is a modern retelling. Of the Taming of the Shrew by William Shakespeare. This has no Shakespearean language in it. This stars Heath Ledger, Julia Stiles, and Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Uh, this is actually a really funny movie. Okay, uh, it's really pretty good. Um, but so this movie, and I mentioned uh, she's all that. So the success of Clueless a couple of years earlier sort of led every every teen movie was now a classic story whether it be play book from like the 1800s 19, early 1900s everything was like we're gonna retell emma but it's gonna be set in you know beverly hills in 1996 mm-hmm. uh this was basically you know the taming Shrew set in the 1990s um so there's lots of these so that's the only reason that uh, she's all that is notable she's all that wasn't terrible it just wasn't very, it wasn't as good as this one
1: okay Anything right. else to say about ten things I hate about you?
0: Ten things I hate about you. Uh, I always get sad whenever I see Heath Ledger.
1: Yeah. True. You know,
0: and this was kind of his big breakout role, along with Joseph Gordon-Levitt actually too. Like yeah. The first movie role like Joseph Gordon-Levitt I think had done uh, Third Rock from the Sun to this point, but he, mm-hmm. this was you know movie role movie guy Joseph Gordon-Levitt. So the next film.
1: Yeah. I could talk about this movie. This movie's called Go. Okay. Uh, I've watched it many times. Back in the 90s, yeah. I watched it a lot. i watched it mm-hmm. in theaters. I think in an indie theater kind of thing when it came out, it was like. Oh. Sure. Uh, Doug Lyman, I believe, is the director. And it's a trend that's around this time, similar to Pulp Fiction, where you have multiple storylines.
0: I was gonna say, it's, it's like a teenage Tarantino.
1: Yeah, basically told a little bit out of order and then it comes together in the end. You understand how they're interlinked.
0: Right. And and the characters don't necessarily know that they're all sort of interacting with each other. Like it's, it's, it's very much disjointed and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, I think it's interesting. It's a really interesting film. It's funny. Um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't call it like the best comedy, but it's, but it's pretty good. Very watchable. It's worth, it's it's very rewatchable. Yes. Yeah.
1: And uh, yeah. And the other thing is it had a really good soundtrack at the time. Yes. That's, that's what it was famous for. And so it was really fun and stylish, which is why at the time I watched it a bunch. And I, I think it actually does kind of hold up. And if you want a sense mm-hmm. for the era, it's a, it's a good movie to watch.
0: Yeah, if we want to go back to, like 10 Things I Hate About You is also famous for its soundtrack. Because yep. uh, it's all letters to Cleo. Oh. For All of you all of you Parks and Rec fans that that want to know what that shirt Ben Wyatt occasionally wears, it's letters to Cleo. It's a, it's a band. Boston of, band. Boston band. I did not know that they were a Boston band. But the, mm-hmm. yes, they're, 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 they they're were a band in the late 90s, kind of poppy, indie alternative. Yep, uh, They were good. They were good.
1: Yeah. They're very good. Solid band.
0: So, um, I will introduce this movie. I have never seen it. Okay. But I imagine that you have. I have so seen this, it. Okay, so, so um, I always go to Michael for all of my Drew Barrymore movies. Yep. This movie is called Never Been Kissed with Drew I've, Barrymore.
1: Yeah. I didn't realize this, I've seen a surprisingly large amount of Drew Barrymore movies. Uh, it wasn't something I have unintended. seen E.T. <laughs> yeah, I definitely saw E.T. <laughs> this is in the list of, uh, Drew Barrymore does a series of rom-coms. Yes. I think starting with Ever After. I think that's like kind of her break as an adult. Okay. Like starting to start, film, start her career again, right? Like she kind of right. faded out for a while. She was in like Firestarter. And it's like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, we can put her in uh, romantic. Romance. Actual yeah. movies, yeah. Yeah, and uh, it's cute. You know, she's a a reporter, and her the whole shtick is that she'd never been kissed, and then. Gotcha. She's gonna romance some guy, and it leads to a thing. I actually can't. I'm not gonna be able to tell you the full plot. I just know it was a oh. rom com, standard yeah. rom com, right?
0: Standard rom com. Rom com. There is a very, There's very much of a, a formulaic rom com. Mm-hmm. That if you look at rom coms today, there's a it's a very different formula because I think the the '90s the '90s in rom coms basically just took Where Harry Met Sally and just ran with it as mm-hmm. that sort of same formula for every rom com, and it kind of got tired. And I think this is probably one of those, um, and it probably needed a reboot. And I think that's what Apatow did in the early 2000s.
1: Oh, totally. Yeah, it's it's in that era. And um, it's listed because it's just, you know, yet another solid single in the uh, rom-com yeah. genre. Okay, uh, next up, I'll introduce, and I, I don't actually have a ton to say about it, Three Kings.
0: Three Kings. So this is a, this is a, a war comedy. Mm-hmm. This stars uh, 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 Clooney, uh, I think, uh, Murky Mark, and a couple of other people, I can't remember their names. Um, and they're, they're kind of war profiteering at the very end of the first Iraq war back in 1991. Mm -hmm. So it's set during that time and they find this Saddam Hussein gold in Kuwait. Sure. And, uh, they're trying to figure out, you know, so it's kind of a crime caper. It's kind of a a comedy. It's a very dark comedy because it's like war profiteering stuff. Uh, but it's, uh, it's worth your time.
1: Okay. I, I know that my wife uh, really enjoyed this movie. It's one of the few. She did not buy a lot of DVDs at the time, but it is one that she bought.
0: Yeah. Might have been because it was Clooney and Marky Mark.
1: Possibly. Yeah. yeah. Ain't nothing wrong. It's good. It's good to have a good taste.
0: Yes. Um, next movie is Election. Do you know anything about this movie, Mike?
1: Uh, I do, but I thought we were going to skip it to the end.
0: Oh, sorry. Damn
1: it. Sorry, guys. Spoiler. That's all right. Spoiler Thanks. alert.
0: We're going to talk about Election later. So the next movie we're going to talk about is the aforementioned uh, uh, Runaway Bride uh, star, Julia Roberts. This movie is Notting Hill. Mm-hmm. This movie is set in San
1: Francisco? I believe so. In- I actually haven't seen it. I just know yeah, a lot about and it. it it's it's famous. And it's her
0: and Hugh Grant. And I think this is famous for, she's got a scene where she says, uh, I'm just a girl standing on a doorstep talking yep. to a boy, thinking about, so I don't know. Yeah, yeah. And it's, uh, it's back when Hugh Grant was a thing back when uh, everything that Julia Roberts touched went box office gold and she sure. was in every romantic comedy. She sort of took the baton from from uh, Meg Ryan and ran with it.
1: Yep. Nothing uh, more to
0: say about this one.
1: Yeah. Another, probably more of a double than a single in the rom. Like, if Drew Barrymore is like the, the lesser in sure. rom-coms, you know, like sure. not quite enough of a star, could do yeah. some solid movies that you'll enjoy.
0: yeah. This is like, so this movie for, for, for Julia Roberts is a little bit like, you know, Schwarzenegger with Commando
1: mm,
0: in weird. the mid 80s. Commando's not a great movie. No. But it's, but it's Schwarzenegger in the mid 80s and, and doing an action movie. You kind of have to watch that movie.
1: Yeah.
0: You know, and it's kind of like, it's going to be better just because Schwarzenegger is doing an action movie in the mid 80s. Yeah. It's not the Terminator. Right. But it's Commando. Right.
1: So the next movie up, is actually, I thought this was a better movie than it was. It's Austin Powers, the spy who shagged me. It's sometimes difficult
0: to remember which one is the first one.
1: And that's kind of my point. Like yes. first Austin Powers is, I'm, I would list it as one of my favorites probably in mm-hmm. the year. Cause it, I think it is, uh, you know, very influential, a lot of great sure. things. The second movie is almost exactly the same. And I honestly have a hard time remembering which happens in the first versus the second.
0: And I will also tell you that the set, the third movie is also the same. There's a, yeah. there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a formula to the Austin Powers movies that didn't really get updated.
1: Not at all. They, they no. were very bold and like, we're going to make the same movie. Mm-hmm. And uh, you can't remember which joke is in which one. And they're, they're all like pretty OK. So maybe you should only think of them as like one giant yeah. movie. And that's better. And, I,
0: and, I, and, and Mike, I don't want to offend you in any way, shape, or form, but you, mm. you worked on the Shrek movie, the I did. second Shrek movie, right? I did. I think we can say this about Mike Myers. Mm. he's got he's been in three major sort of comedic roles like he was in wayne's world mm. he was in and all of them had sequels he was in austin powers and he was in shrek mm. they're like there's not anything unique in any of those sequels oh no whether two or three yeah. it's pretty much all the same jokes carried over from the same yeah initial thing and those first movies for each of those you know, film series were all really good.
1: Oh yeah, totally. Right? Yeah.
0: Shrek the first is good. Yep. Uh, Austin Powers. I loved Wayne's World. I
1: remember seeing Wayne's World. Wayne's World's really good. Yeah. I, I I bet yeah. if I watched it now it would hold up.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But I don't know that Wayne's World Two is gonna hold up.
1: Probably not. That probably Or could've... Wayne's
0: World Three for that matter. Is that happening? Spoiler alert, Wayne's World Three never happened.
1: Oh, okay. <laughs> I was just
0: trying. It was it was it's but it's but it's gonna be on Quibble.
1: I'm sure it will. <laughs> when when that comes out. Yeah, so so Awesome Powers uh they replace the romantic lead or yeah, the the female counterpart stuff happens. I don't I can't even tell you who the villain is in the second one. It's Dr. Evil, isn't it? I don't know. Sure. Isn't it always Dr. Evil? No, there's Goldfinger, right? Or Goldmember. But I think that's Goldfinger, Goldmember, okay. whatever.
0: <laughs> whatever. But it's always Mike well, spoiler alert. It's always Mike
1: Myers. Yes. <laughs> true. There's funny jokes in these, but again, there you are should... There should be a, a supercut of all three movies put together to make one much better movie.
0: Right. Get Topher Grace on that. He's the one that actually fixed all of the, uh, the Star Wars prequels to yeah. make them to make them threw them all together and made them about an hour and a half and it was a really good
1: movie. Yeah. Yeah. That's your Austin awesome Powers. That's all you need. To yeah.
0: Know. Austin Powers. Uh, South Park, bigger, longer, and uncut. I almost put this in my favorites for the year. It's a good movie. It's really good. Uh, the the reason I didn't. I will say that the only really funny parts about this movie are the songs.
1: Right. That's all I was thinking of. This is of. a
0: musical. Yeah. Uh, people don't always, always know this about it, but this is a musical. And the funniest bits, even on the Spar- South Park TV show, are always the songs,
1: mm-hmm. whenever
0: they do a musical, which is why probably the best thing that the uh, South Park guys have ever done is the Book of Mormon
1: on Broadway. Right. That's the thing that's going to last. I don't know if they know this, but that's their legacy, actually.
0: Yeah. Uh but there's some amazing, you know, the, the two songs that I can think of from this, What Would Brian Boitano Do?, which is a really funny song. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, 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 the song that nearly won an Oscar, because it was nominated for one, uh, was uh, Blame Canada.
1: Right. And Blame Canada is so, there just because it's the one that has no profanity. So mm-hmm. they, they had to get what? something in the Oscars. It was like the only musical released that year.
0: Yeah. But still, I, I looked this up today. It lost out to the theme from Tarzan. What? My Phil Collins.
1: Oh. Well, I have a certain spouse who will be very angry to <laughs> remember that fact.
0: <laughs> she doesn't like Phil Collins?
1: Uh, she has a very strong aversion to Phil Collins. Really? Even in the air tonight? Yes, because her point is you got to have a line and Phil Collins sucks. So that's okay. that's her line.
0: <laughs> you know, it's a reasonable line. I would say in the air tonight is one of the the great America uh, not American obviously, but great, great. rock
1: songs of all when, time. It, But if you go with the premise that of musicians, Phil Collins sucks, then nothing he does can be good by definition. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's how she does it. And I respect that. Like, you know, stick to your guns. It's fair enough.
0: Okay. Our next movie uh, is, is yours to introduce. Oh, we're both going to talk about this. Uh,
1: Yeah. We're going to talk about this one. This one is American pie. And uh, I'll give you the plot. It's a bunch of high school seniors. They, they have a, scheme where they want to lose their virginity before going to college
0: right right um this was probably the i I bet you this was well we've got one on here that's a that's a pixar movie but Mm. um this might have been the one that made the most money at the box office this
1: year yeah so i know a little bit about the economics of this movie like the way Mm -hmm. it was pitched by the writers was uh i can't remember what the budget was like 30 million dollar comedy that will make about $100 million. And they, they had the whole premise. They knew it had to be a PG-13 comedy or something along those lines. And uh, This one was R, I'm pretty sure. Might have been R, okay. But the, the point is it appealed to teens and uh, young adults right. and cast a bunch of people that were not quite famous enough to command a lot of money. And they knew how to make it in a way that would result in a lot of money. So this is a almost purely marketing-driven machine. <laughs>
0: So it had lots of really attractive, good-looking people in it. Mm -hmm. Uh, Most everybody in the in the film has never, like you said, had never been been like the lead in a movie, but they'd all been like, you know, oh, I played, you know, third girlfriend to somebody on this TV show, that kind of thing. Um, But uh, and it didn't really like start anybody's career. Like, uh, no, most famous person I think is in this is. Um, maybe Allison Hannigan, who was in Buffy at the time. So actually, the, the one person became,
1: who, yeah. So she yeah she was already famous though. Like that, this didn't start her career, right?
0: Right, and she plays a, a fairly small role within the movie. Like right. she's bigger in the sequels. The the one who
1: benefited the most is probably Sean William Scott, and I only know this because he was on MTV Cribs at the time.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: this was he he was in this movie, which was a big success. R- relatively speaking he was a complete unknown everyone else like had at least done a little bit of movie making before and so on mtv cribs this was very famous because it showed his apartment and his apartment is just a dump <laughs> like <laughs> most of mtv cribs is about showing like the lifestyles of the rich and famous his was like yeah, this is it a one-bedroom apartment yep. <laughs> and uh is very famous w- for
0: that i will say i love what sean william scott in role models mm, he's the movie with uh yeah he's good in that um so this movie in 1999 was really funny. I yeah. will say that. This totally. movie probably does not hold up when you start thinking about me too. Mhm. Does not hold up when you start thinking about consent and uh, minors on the internet and all this stuff. There's By a scene no where means. Yeah. Yeah. This is uh, this is some like if they made this now, I don't think you can make this a comedy. You would make mm-hmm. this like a like a, dr- a drama, like a dark yeah, uh, it would be like, oh my gosh, these rich white boys in the suburbs decide to do this thing, and there's this, you know, and they take advantage of all the women of an
1: Eastern yeah. European girl.
0: <laughs> yeah, so it becomes a it, it becomes a very 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 uh, problematic uh, yeah. thing when you start thinking about American Pie. I I haven't thought about any of the sequels to American Pie, so I, I don't remember all the, the the details of them. They're not very good.
1: I, apparently, um, there's a lot of them. Actually, if you just look. I it think up, yeah,
0: there were several. This this did start though. The start is a is a relative term because they did have Porky's in the early '80s, but it sort of revamped a raunchy teen comedy. Sure.
1: Yeah. So that's that's why it's his, historically significant. It's very historically significant. Yeah. So yeah.
0: So um, American Pie it was funny in 1999. If you have a time machine, go watch it. I don't know that it's going to hold up to our sensibilities today.
1: Probably not. You probably- and that's actually,
0: and that's a problem with a lot of comedy yeah. and and maybe some of these that we mentioned early probably, you know, are, are a similar situation.
1: But that's okay because other ones that we haven't mentioned yet will hold. up. To- yep.
0: Yes. Okay. So um, next movie is Iron Giant. This Ooh. is a kid's movie and this is a classic kid's movie.
1: This is an excellent movie and, a lot of people would pick this as their favorite movie from this year because yeah. it's it's it is excellent. Like just watch yeah. it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's uh it's sweet and it's funny and it's uh it's got um, heart
1: that yeah. a lot in of a, movies don't yeah. And in a lot of ways this could have easily made my top three. I I was thinking about it. Like it's it's mm-hmm. a classic animated movie.
0: Yeah.
1: Um if I was just evaluating on the, that basis, I was evaluating mm-hmm. comedies. And so sure. as a comedy, it it's is, not as funny as the other ones. Right. This is more heartfelt. Yeah. Um, I, I guess a little bit of history. Brad Bird, who's a famous director of The Simpsons, he directed this movie. He goes on to direct nowadays. Incredibles. Yeah, Incredibles. Lots of things. He's pretty well mm-hmm. known. This yeah. was his big thing. It didn't make a lot of money at the time.
0: No, there's a few movies on, on our list, even of our favorites on this, on this year, that didn't make a whole lot of splash at the box office, but then became sort of cult-
1: Movies. Yeah, yeah, and Iron Giant deserves to be watched by everyone. So watch yeah. it if you haven't seen it. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: All right. Um. So where are we at? Is it me or it's it's you?
1: Okay, so I'll introduce this one, and I can talk about it. Good, because I can't. Mystery Men. <laughs> <laughs> so, Mystery Men is a comedic superhero movie made in a time before superhero movies were a thing like they are now. I
0: wonder if it I wonder if it happened now, if it would be received differently.
1: It might be. It, this was known as a big bomb. And even though it had a lot of pretty big stars in it, Ben Stiller's in ben it, Stiller. uh, Janine Garofalo, and then you start getting like down the list. It's uh, what's yeah. his name, William. There was uh, a
0: time when Ben Stiller and Janine Garofalo would have been a big draw to a movie. This is only a couple years after Reality Bites, which was an amazing movie.
1: Right uh it's actually is a good movie i remember it very well a lot of people actually will list this as like one of their favorite movies so not like top favorite but like in the top 10 yeah there's some really funny gags in if it. somebody
0: does that if somebody does that and they do that you just you just you walk away from them you say oh thanks yeah and, and 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 go turn to somebody that has better movies in their top 10 but this is <laughs> this is not a terrible movie of the it's top 10 of really.
1: 1999 oh no totally not like it's very watchable you could watch it now with this the superhero sensibilities we have now.
0: Sure. And, and I, I think it probably would work a little bit better.
1: Yeah. A lot, of, a lot of good gags in it basically stands out because it is a superhero movie in a time when there's not a lot of superhero movies. Right. So our next movie is a Kevin Smith movie.
0: Mm. And I will actually say that I like this movie a lot and nearly, it's also
1: another one that I've nearly put in my top I, three. I actually love it a lot too. And I think it is yeah. very notable.
0: So it's a uh, dogma. Mm-hmm. This is, this is Kevin Smith sort of wrestling with his own Catholic upbringing. Yeah. Uh, so um, the idea is that there are two angels that are fallen from heaven. I can't remember the names of them, but they're Ben Affleck and Matt Damon. Yep, of course. Um, yeah, together. Uh, I think this was maybe a couple of years after uh, Good Will Hunting. So they, they were seen as a duo at the time. Uh, and they are they're rejecting sort of God and everything like that. Uh, spoiler alert played by Alanis Morissette because mm-hmm. it was nineteen ninety nine. And <laughs> <laughs> and uh, they wreak havoc on the world. There's uh, some there's some Jay and Silent Bob in here. There's uh, there's some some really good uh, 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 what's her name?
1: Selma Hayek's Selma Hayek
0: it? yeah she's terrific. Chris Rock is in this movie. Chris Rock um, is great in it. Yeah. It's really funny. Uh, if you are a serious Catholic, yeah I think you should watch this movie. Yeah. If you are an like a Catholic that takes your Catholicism really seriously, yeah. I don't know that you should watch this movie. <laughs>
1: yeah, I, I don't know. Um, I think it's really good. Like, and, and I think if you want, if you are the kind of person that that thinks about religion, like it's probably a good thing to think about. Like, it's just interesting. Sure. Like, if you if you actually cared about it and you you would want to see different portrayals in pop culture. Yeah, we didn't even mention and Alan Rickman's in it.
0: <laughs> Alan Rickman is in it. He plays. Um, the Archangel Gabriel?
1: Is that right? No, uh Loretta, Like the voice of God. Right, 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 right,
0: right. The voice of God,
1: yeah. Because,
0: because Alanis Morissette does not speak in this film.
1: Right, because if she speaks, if God speaks, it like blows your head up.
0: Yeah, so she's like Black Bolt from the Marvel Cinematic Universe.
1: Yeah, exactly. That's yeah. where the Bible got her from, you know.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, Dogma, you should watch Dogma. I think it holds up too. It's yeah. raunchy too. There's some raunchy stuff. Sure, of course. Lots of, kind of lots of sex jokes, lots of poop jokes. But it's all consensual jokes. Yeah,
1: you know this one. I yeah, if I remember right, it actually does hold up in terms yeah. of a yeah. lot of funny stuff. Good movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, next up, I can't speak much about this because I don't know much about it because I haven't seen it. Man on the Moon. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, Man
0: it. on the Moon. This is this is the Andy Kaufman biopic, mm. starring Jim Carrey. Uh, so, so there's two things to say about this one. So it is an amazing performance by Jim Carrey. You could also call it an amazing impression of Andy Kaufman. If you don't want to call it a great performance, mm. you could call it an impression. Um, at some point there's like a, there's a line and this one sort of straddles it um, because it's, it's because he's a comedian and he does impressions. He sure. can do an Andy Kaufman. Right. So, and he kind of looks like Andy Kaufman. So it, it works out. Sure. Um, there's a weird sort of uh, Thing in movies, and you see this sometimes where they'll take a popular, they'll take a popular song that maybe is kind of about that, and then it's the name of a movie. Yeah. Like they they, they actually made a movie called The Pompadour of Love, which comes from a Steve Miller yeah. lyric. This wasn't a good movie. You should not go see this movie. Okay. I never saw this movie, but I don't. I, I'm not recommending this movie anyway. It should perform, but this is this is a movie that like 15 years after Annie coffin dies. R.E.M. writes this song which mentions Andy Kaufman in it has nothing to do with Andy Kaufman really. It's just a pop song mm-hmm. or a rock song, whatever you want to call R.E.M. And they name it Man on the Moon which is weird because there's no moon.
1: Yeah. Yes. So,
0: so, it's, so it's, it's, it's a little it's a little weird from that standpoint. Uh, I don't know. It, it's funny. It's a, it's a funny movie and it's if you know anything about Andy Kaufman he was like this performance art comedian in the early 80s. He was on Letterman a lot. Uh, he was on the show Taxi playing a very weird character from an Eastern European country. Uh Taxi's a funny show. You mm-hmm. should watch Taxi. Um, I think this movie is worth seeing, but you can, you could argue it sort of goes into um, impression over a performance. Sure. So apparently he stayed in character the entire time filming this film. So there's some really weird behind the scenes stuff about this movie. That yeah. might also be just as
1: interesting. And I think I knew more about the story behind the story than I mean, I never saw the movie, but like that right. was all over the, the news when it, it, it was happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool.
0: Okay. So now we're in our favorites. Do you want to go first? Or do you want me
1: to? Uh, let's go. I'll go first and let's talk about our shared one. Actually.
0: You want to go to the shared one first?
1: Yeah. Okay. So let's, let's, talk, uh, let's talk about office space. Just because it came out in the beginning of the year.
0: Yes. So this was the, the two that we, that was one of the, the one that we shared of our, of our favorite three. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, so this is the classic sort of ensemble comedy. It has lots of people that you've seen in other things. But not too many like mega stars. No. If this 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 was also a movie that we mentioned sort of a lot of people thought it bombed at the box office. Yeah. Uh it didn't have a lot of people that watched this movie? No. Um it, uh it was I think Jennifer Aniston is the most famous person in this movie. Yeah.
1: And she wasn't famous Certainly. at the time. She was trying to she break into She wasn't famous movies. at the time. She was yeah. like, this was like her first
0: movie outside of Friends. Mm-hmm. And she's got kind of a bit part. It's not even really like no, not a that big. lead-ish part. Um, but the one thing, so two things about it. It's Mike Judge who went on to create King of the Hill, which is a great uh, comedy show, animated film. He also created Beavis and Butthead, I believe.
1: Yeah, that's the start actually, yeah. Beavis and was yeah. before this. And
0: then it really captured working in an office in yep. the nineteen nineties and what it felt like, what how everybody treated each other mm-hmm. and uh and not just office, but like any sort of work in the nineties as a young person. Yep. Like if you uh there's the whole bit about Jennifer Anderson's working in a restaurant and she has to have uh, a certain number of pieces of flair on her uniform. Yep that was like something personal from her, but she couldn't have too many because you still had to show that you were working for this chain restaurant. And if you had too little, you you weren't acceptable either. Right. So it's just like this weird sort of, we need you to be an indiv- individual, but in a corporate way.
1: Yeah, not too individual. And uh, this, it, it did capture that and nothing else did. It was the big thing, like cubicle work. This was like basically, yeah, the, the movie for cubicle work. Really took off when it hit DVD. Like no one saw it in theaters, but it was rented a lot. And like a lot of, I own this on DVD. It yeah. uh, had that feel of like working in software or anything that's a cubicle work. It. It didn't have to be software. Just right. It had a huge influence in that. Like, I'm pretty sure the the Office clearly oh, yeah. pulls from this. definitely. I mean,
0: I think a lot of people credit The Office as like a because of their sort of single camera use, where yeah, it's like. Like a faux documentary, and so many different shows have sort of taken that approach. Right. You then sort of interview somebody after a scene, and you kind of like you get that sort of sure inner perspective. That's that's kind of their their technical thing, but they sort so they stole the they stole the soul of this movie. Yeah. In a lot of ways. Yeah. Like yeah the, this, this and the soullessness of corporate sort mm-hmm. of uh, office work, Ugh, just being like feeling that your job is sort of a dead end job. Exactly. Um,
1: yeah. Yeah, I really love this movie. I watched it so many times in yep. the early two thousands.
0: Yeah, and it holds up. And there's there's some people that you're like, oh, it's that guy. Like you'll see the uh, Dr. Cox from Scrubs mm-hmm. is in this movie. Um, the, the the guy from uh, the the Brady Bunch reboot plays plays the boss, and yep. you know you're gonna have to come and work on Saturday. Stephen Root, who played mm-hmm. who was in. Um, talk right. radio and some other stuff like that, yep. uh, is just amazing as uh, I can't, What's his name? He likes the springway, the spring line, yeah, red, my spring stapler. red
1: stapler. I want my stapler
0: who yeah. ends up burning the place to the ground. Yeah. Uh, spoiler alert. Um, so yeah, so it's a funny movie. Uh, it is probably my favorite movie of this, of this, uh, it's,
1: this it's year. great. Yeah. And, uh, I think it really should be watched if nothing else, but to understand the era. Mm-hmm.
0: So let's just, you want to just keep going in order? Yeah, let's just, we'll do well, let's, two and then you sure. Yeah, let's do that. Go ahead. Okay. So uh, my next one is Election. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is the one I spoiled earlier. Uh, this stars uh, Matthew Broderick and Reese Witherspoon. Mm-hmm. Matthew Broderick plays a teacher at a high school. Uh, Reese Witherspoon is the overachieving, gonna win at any cost mm-hmm. student who wants to be student council president. Yep. And... Uh, Matthew Broderick kind of is, is kind of the advisor to the election, uh, the, the student council and all that stuff. And he's like, I really don't want her to win. Yep. And he goes to great lengths to make sure that she will not win. And she goes to equally great lengths to say that she will. Yep. And uh, it's really funny. Uh, Reese Witherspoon is amazing. She is. Kind of, in, it- kind of in everything she does. But this is where you really got the sense that, oh, she's not just cute. She could actually. She's not going to just be Meg Ryan two She's going to have like, she's going to have a staying power. That's like, oh my god, she's she's an actress. Was this her first big role? It might have been. She was in that movie, uh, that Dangerous Liaisons sort of uh, remake. Cruel Remember intentions. how they were? Me- yeah. Yes. Wasn't that after the, though? Maybe. I don't know. This is job for IMDb.
1: Yeah. Well, I, I guess the point is. Election has the, you know, the Reese spoon character is uh, Tracy Flick. And that character is so iconic. You'll hear it referenced now, like in terms of this type A personality, completely driven, win it all costs kind of thing. And that, that, that's intentions. why it's important. Yeah. So
0: Cruel Intentions came out the same year. Oh gosh. Uh, that one came out in March. I think this one came out probably around the same time. Huh. I, I think she looks younger in Cruel Intentions. So I'm oh. assuming that it was like, uh uh filmed earlier, but I don't okay. have any evidence to suggest that well this I didn't this do movie the research was,
1: yeah this movie was known as a big role for Reese Witherspoon. yeah
0: and this, and cruel intentions like that was at the time like she's the most famous person to come out of it but that was seen as a Sarah Michelle Geller
1: vehicle right because at the time she was a bigger star Buffy the Vampire Slayer yep
0: it all comes back to Buffy the vampire slayer cool so yep yeah. uh so my last one uh and this is the This is also the weirdest movie of the year. Mm -hmm. Maybe the weirdest movie you'll ever see that you enjoy. Yeah.
1: And this is, yeah, this this is a good movie. Yeah.
0: This is a good movie. This is being John Malkovich. Mm
1: -hmm. Uh,
0: This is also a movie that's a little bit about, this movie reminds me a little bit of Office Space, though it's surreal.
1: Yeah.
0: It's got a little bit of a similar thing. It's also got a little bit of a Joe versus the Volcano kind of uh, 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 feeling to it. Um, Explaining this movie is really hard. So I'm not going to, I'm just going to tell you that it's John Cusack. Uh, it's John Malkovich playing John Malkovich, playing mm-hmm. John Malkovich, playing John Malkovich and everybody at some point playing John Malkovich.
1: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, and, I, I guess there is a little bit of plot to explain just to get, Oh, to, there's an amazing,
0: there's, there's certainly a plot. I just think you should go see this movie because it's really funny and it's also yeah. really bizarre. And I feel like explaining it too much might.
1: I'll, I'll give just the, enough of a tease that you need. Mm-hmm. Imagine that there's a, Room in a building you can go into, and once you go into it, you become John Malkovich. Yes, that is the plot. <laughs> yes, that's the plot. And if you're intrigued by that, you should see this movie because you'll never find yeah. another movie like this.
0: <laughs> no, no, it's it's really the only one like it. I I still to this day can't figure out how they got John Malkovich to actually do the
1: movie. Yeah, and it was written for him, like it could. not yeah. they wrote it. No, as it's John like Milkovich. you
0: couldn't you couldn't have done it as being Jeremy Irons. Mm-hmm. Or. You know, being Alan Rickman, it just wouldn't have worked.
1: Yeah, it had to be Malkovich. It had to been
0: John Malkovich. Because the the name is also like a comedic perfect perfection when yeah, you think it, about the movie. So it's Spike Jones. Yep. Uh who at the I think this might have been his first movie.
1: I think so, yeah. He'd already been up doing to this Beastie Boys videos.
0: Videos. So like any if you think of any of the Beastie Boy videos from the nineties, like Sabotage mm-hmm. and Intergalactic, this is this is that guy. And yeah. so It's It's, awesome. (laughs) It's weird. It's crazy, but it's good.
1: Yeah, yeah. It could have made my favorites too. It's just such a good movie. So, That's a great example.
0: Sometimes we pick different movies just so we have more things to talk about.
1: Exactly. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Speaking of good at this,
1: yes. The next one. Speaking of this, this is the best movie of the year. This movie's great, Toy Story two.
0: Toy Story two. This is the best movie.
1: Yeah. It's often considered one of the best Pixar movies, which is really which conflict. is really saying
0: something yeah. yeah
1: toy story 2 just works so well it i think a lot of people will easily say it's one of the it's the best toy story movie
0: yeah and there are there are like three good toy story movies yeah the last one nobody would say was the best but no no, no. first one's great the third one you know will make you cry probably more than all the other ones put together right. though this one has the the sarah mclaughlin song in the middle of it yeah which will totally make you ball your eyes out um but this is, you know, it's it's Tom Hanks at his height. Yep. It's Tim Allen before he went crazy conservative man. Yeah. It's uh, Joan Cusack as an amazing cowgirl. It's Kelsey Grammer.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, it's just the the cast is amazing in this thing. You've got you've got um, uh, Jurassic Park and Seinfeld villain Dennis Nedry.
1: Yep. It, it just works <laughs> so well. It's so good. The story it's is cap- excellent. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It captures that. Oh I have to have all of my toys in a in a in a cellophane you mm-hmm. know wrapped thing i ha- they have to be mint condition that whole thing which started in sort of the late 90s as being like a real major kind mm-hmm. of thing and then um, it's as all the horse, toy story movies do it's it's really about you know growing up and
1: right it, you know, there, there's another thing too where uh, i i've heard i saw this on like an online forum where people were saying like is toy story 1 watchable because at this point in time like now that, that looks really terrible. Like Toy Story 1, is, it's almost kind of blurry with the rendering of the CGI. Sure. By the time of Toy Story 2, things are like at the acceptable phase. Just like how yeah. a lot of old 2D animation just, just works. Like you look at it, it's beautiful. Toy Story yeah. 2 has now hits that line where you're like, it works, you can look at it, it mm-hmm. looks fine. So yeah. you've the look doesn't distract and, yet, and the story is also really excellent.
0: Yeah, well, I will say that Toy Story 1 Seems more cartoony. Mm-hmm. Toy Story 2 looks a lot more, like you said, looks a lot more authentic and real. Yeah. Like the, 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 the human characters mostly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, the cartoon characters, I mean, the, the toy characters don't really change all that much. No. Uh, there is sort of a, a clarity to the sets and stuff like that. Like, you know, Toy Story 1 is largely set just in that room.
1: Yeah, because the they couldn't exceptions. do as much.
0: Yeah. Toy Story 2 lets them go out in the world a lot more, uh, which is interesting. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah it's notable that in Toy Story 1 it's just Woody and Buzz that leave the room mm-hmm. nobody else does
1: yeah and, and it's so, for a good reason yeah yeah yeah
0: but uh, I will say that I don't notice the the and, and I have a you know I mean we both have kids so I'm sure we've both seen these movies way more than we would want mm-hmm. even though they're great
1: mm-hmm.
0: I mean I've probably seen the Toy Story movies 12 times a piece just over the years, just watching them over and over and over again. Um, I get something out of Toy Story 2. I do think it's better than Toy Story 1. I just think it's just better written. Yeah. And Toy Story 1 was written by one of my favorite writers because it was written by Joss Joss Whedon, but Hmm. this one's just better.
1: Fair enough. Last movie. My last pick. Uh, Galaxy Quest.
0: This is all you, because I have actually never seen this movie. Oh, it's
1: excellent. Galaxy Quest. Uh, Yeah. And I remember again, the Tim Allen, I'm going to say rest in peace, Tim Allen, because he's dead to me. But (laughs) this movie is so funny. It's a Star Trek parody. The idea of like what happens when the Star Trek actors, uh, they're old over the hill, they're still doing conventions. And then they, what if they get abducted by actual aliens who believe that Star Trek is real Mm -hmm. and, you know, hijinks ensue. I love this movie because it's, I, I had to re watch it at a certain point after I saw a movie where special effects I think I saw Pearl Harbor and I was so dismayed by Pearl Harbor, like, man, special effects are ruining movies. Like because the spectacle of the special effects uh clearly overtook the desire to make a good story. And I was like, you know, I wanna watch a movie where special effects actually aid the story and Galaxy right. Quest is one of those. Because it doesn't yeah. work without the the effects. It has to be the sci fi story and it's really funny and it's full of heart. Mm-hmm. It's really well done. It holds I think, up
0: really well. I think there was a time in the late 90s where you know we saw the success of the, like, the early 90s CGI with like, Jurassic Park, which is, mm-hmm. still holds up, Yeah, not just from a movie, but from a just visual standpoint. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people thought, okay, there's so much of this movie that's CGI. There's so much of that movie that's just big animatronic dinosaurs. True. Yep. Right? And sometimes you need that physical mm-hmm. sort of backdrop enabled in order to like make the cgi parts look real and too many of those like michael bay 1990s movies like you mentioned pearl harbor don't really do that they just try to make it all green screen stuff yeah it doesn't really look real enough it's until, not until, that. Yeah, until yeah, you it's... get to the 2000s where you start to get it making looking real real right, right. now and you can the, pretty much do anything. The effects
1: get so much better but the other thing is just like good choices it's just good choices. it's yeah. like yeah knowing enough about it to know like this is where it's gonna hold up this is where it's not and galaxy quest does it really well it just it's only there to enhance the story right and it's really funny so I, I really like this movie uh, I try to forget that Tim Allen isn't it <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right. Alrighty. Well, we got through
1: 1999.
0: Yep. Um, and uh, we've got, we've got a list of dad bods that I, that I kind of yeah. you know, put up. So we've got, so here are our nominees. We've got De Niro and Crystal from mm-hmm. Analyze This. We've got Larry Miller who is in 10 Things I Hate About You. Mm-hmm. Larry, Larry Miller, if you notice, he was, he was a comedian back a hundred years ago and yep. bald still does stuff. Eugene Levy, who you probably know from American Pie, but he's also been in all the, you know, Waiting for Guffman movies. Yep. Uh, all those guys. John Malkovich, the aforementioned. Malkovich, uh, Tom Malkovich. Hanks, mm-hmm. Kevin Smith, Stephen Root, Gary Cole. We've mentioned all these people. And then if we want to go like a ripped dad bod, we could go John C. hmm So where where are you leaning?
1: I think it has to be Eugene Levy. Okay. And not only the dad bod, plays the dad. Of the week. Yeah. He should always be the dad. <laughs>
0: i don't know that he's been in a i'm trying to think going back like eugene levy has he ever played a not dad
1: well i mean he's something in those waiting for guffman kind of movies he's like some other middle-aged guy has he ever mm -hmm. not been middle-aged is the other question
0: that's an excellent question because i feel like he's been the same age for about um let's say eugene levy
1: Mm -hmm.
0: born in 1946 I feel like he's been the same character for about
1: twenty four years. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, it's got it's not even Dad Bot of the week for if I pick him, it's Dad Eyebrows of the week. Like, and Dad he's got eyebrows. amazing
0: eyebrows. Of course, he's in. Uh, I can say this, right? He's in Schitt's Creek. Mm-hmm.
1: Oh, totally. <laughs> yeah, and that that show is apparently really good. I have
0: seen a couple of episodes of it. It is really funny.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: I'm trying to think when when we sort of were introduced to him as, so this might, I mean, American Pie might be when he was introduced as like a dad.
1: Interesting, because he always should have played a dad. He looks like a dad yeah, day one. He
0: does look like a dad. Let's see, I am, this is great. This is great podcasting. I am looking at his uh, IMDB right now. Yep. He was in Father of the Bride 2 as a doc as a Mr. Habib, which sure. sounds vaguely racist, now that I don't want to go watch that. About. He should
1: not be that.
0: I don't think he should be a Mr. Habib. No. Oh, so I do remember this. He was in the movie Armed and Dangerous, which we should have an entire podcast about <laughs> okay. with uh, John Candy. Um, <laughs> I, it's not a good movie. Uh, he okay. was a car, car salesman in National Lampoon's Vacation. Okay. So, But he was famously in uh, SCTV from Canada. Yeah. So he's Canadian, I'm pretty sure. Totally. Um, so, and then he's in a movie called... Cannibal Girls from 1973. Sure. Um, so that's that's basically what we're going to talk about. I, I agree with you. Uh, Eugene Levy should be should be our dad bot of the week. Yeah. And a special award, dad brow of the week.
1: Dad brow of uh, the lifetime.
0: But dad brow, We should give him a plaque. Yeah.
1: The official dad brow of uh, our podcast. Yeah. Uh, only to be only competition might be Peter Gallagher. Maybe.
0: Uh, yeah, I, I'm picturing Peter Gallagher, uh,
1: 30-something, right? I believe he was in that. Yeah, and the OC, yeah. of course. And the OC,
0: okay. So I feel like Eugene Levy's got more pronounced.
1: Eugene Levy is probably the know. more famous uh, dad brows. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going
0: to go with he's got to be the dad brow. All right. Week. If we're going to do a bad dad brow of the week, we I don't lose. think we're going to do a dad brow of the week every week. <laughs> probably not. But he, he qualifies as dad bod of the week. And I can never think, I mean, my favorite uh, movie is uh, of Eugene Levy's is Dustin's show. Mm-hmm. And I and I love that because he's got, he's actually got two left feet. Like yeah. physically two left feet. That's he's wearing right. two left <laughs> shoes. And it's just, it's just such a funny visual mm-hmm. that it's, it's, I can't think of his body without thinking of his two left feet. So that's yeah. what I'm going to go with.
1: That's a good, it's a great movie worth mm-hmm. watching at any time. Yes.
0: Best in show whenever we get to 2004 or whenever it was. Yeah. Yeah.
1: All right. All right. Thanks, Mike. Thank you, Shane. All right. And Until we'll see time. till next time. Bye.